I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally for 30 days free. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we're sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. As we always say, follow along on Instagram at Birth Naturally. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode and while you're listening take a screenshot and upload it to your instagram stories and give us a tag and we will make sure to repost your stories and speaking of stories if you have a funny birth or parenting moment please email or dm us because we're going to be compiling some mini episodes and we just want to keep the fun in birth and parenting before we get to today's story, which is Megan's story. I thought we could do a quick check-in to see how Kaylee's pregnancy is going now that she's halfway done, over halfway done, actually. So how have you been feeling so far? I have felt, I guess for about the last month, I felt pretty great, uh, which has like kind of coincided with this whole like self-isolation, social distancing thing. So as just as I got my energy back and I started feeling better, I'm now stuck in my home. So <laughs> it's really been awesome. Um, but I'm, I'm glad I'm not feeling as tired now. And I felt like for the first about 18 weeks, I felt I would get sick mm-hmm. and it just, it was not fun, but now I'm feeling a heck of a lot better now that I can sit at home all the time. Yeah, but at least you're getting out a lot and walking yeah. the dogs and, you know, going to parks with the kids when you can. So that's great. At least yeah. you're able to do something. Because imagine yeah. if you were still feeling like so sluggish and nauseous, you would really be stuck in the house. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I like this whole thing has actually probably caused me to be the most active that I've ever been in any of my pregnancies. <laughs> nothing else to do, but Walk the dogs. Yeah, walk the dogs and walk the dogs and walk the dogs and go for hikes. So Mm -hmm. that's all we've been doing. And we do it every single day for at least an hour or so. So So at least there's one positive coming out of this for you. you Yeah, hopefully it'll make, they say, like, keeping active makes your birth easier. Birth go, like, smoother. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one can only hope. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Right <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know like the first trimester kind of sucked I mean it always does but and you were just like I'm never going to feel better and the yeah. second trimester is going well for you which is a yeah. nice surprise it's funny because I remember saying to you it was probably like I was like maybe like 14 or 15 weeks like I just feel like 
bad and gross. And you're like, well, and I was in my second trimester and you're like, well, I mean, this is supposed to be the good one. So like <laughs> now, now I am feeling better. I am feeling yeah. that good, like second trimester thing. It just took me some time to get yeah there. I have heard that like every pregnancy like, it takes a little bit longer to feel better I don't know if that's I don't know if that's true for everyone but it was true for me um it kind of takes like you're like 14 15 weeks you're like I should be feeling better right now but I'm not and yeah. you know you get there eventually and then yeah. <laughs> and then it's like over <laughs> yeah then but um yeah it but, not so, be over and then we get to leave our houses like that would really suck like, yeah you know, I know, but whatever, know. at any point when we can leave our house, I will be happy. Even if me too. Oh my gosh. Me too. <laughs> I miss the days of just like walking around target, the little things that seem like, so, you know, minor. Yeah. And, like when you didn't want to run errands, you're like, Oh, I don't yeah. feel like running to the store. To now get I miss it. So much. I know. I'm like, please, does anyone like need me to do anything that I can do? I <laughs> no, because there's nowhere to go. Like my yeah. kids ask me on a daily basis, like, what are we going to do today? Where are we going to go? Like nowhere. Like, same as it's been for three weeks. Like we're not, we can't go anywhere. And then they like get mad at me. I'm like, these are not my rules. Yes, these are like the world's the rules. Governor, okay. Like <laughs> Talk to like the whole world. Like this is not just us. <laughs> I always um, say to my kids, I'm like, do you guys remember going places? And they're like, no. no. <laughs> it's been a while. You remember we used to go in stores and they were like, sort of, but not really. <laughs> So, so weird oh my gosh um well yeah so I thought we could kind of talk about how your care has been different like previous to all of this craziness yeah. but you know having OBs versus having your midwife now how, like how has that been different for you it's just I I feel like so it's so much more personalized mm-hmm. and a lot like I would have all this anxiety going to my my monthly appointments before and I I guess it was like you have to get on the scale and you have to do this and like just the weight thing always has bothered me like with both my pregnancies I gained like like around 50-ish pounds and it just seeing that number go up was really harsh for me oh my gosh I think it is for everyone but yeah like if you're gaining more than you think you should personally then it becomes very nerve-wracking and when you have people telling you you're gaining too much weight then you're like okay and 50 pounds is not that much weight like no people gain way more than that yeah. and I'm 5'9 yeah I'm 5'9 so 50 pounds comes on probably easier than someone making right five if it was me and I'm 5'2 yeah. uh, that would be that would be yes. a lot you know but um, but that like the, I said to my midwives like you know I don't they don't weigh you they just say do you know your weight and I I said to her I'm like you know no I haven't even been weighing myself she's like that's fine you don't have to I was like Mm -hmm. wow that took like this level of this weird like unconscious anxiety I had it just took it away so if yeah it felt really like okay that's good and then I had a lot of anxiety leading up to my anatomy scan which I know is something that people get really excited about and I did in the past too but with my second null when I had it, they found this, like, one part of his brain was on the the larger side of normal, they said. But they said it was basically abnormal, and I had to go to uh, maternal fetal medicine specialist and get all these ultrasounds done. And it was like I was in a constant state of anxiety until I was 30-some weeks pregnant when they said, like, 
you know, you're fine. You're, you know, dismissed from our care. But I still had it in my head until he was born. Like, well, what if, what if, what if? So leading up to this, you know, anatomy scan, I was so anxious. Like, and you remember, I like would call you like crying. I was like, (laughs) I'm like, you be okay. This is, this is good. And I know you didn't even want to get it done. Yeah. I considered skipping it because my midwife said like, that's an option for you if you, if you want to do that. So I ended up getting it done mostly because this is Evan's first baby. And I wanted him to have like the whole experience. And I figured, you know what, like whatever it is, it is. And Right. And also you really wanted to make sure that the dates yes, were correct. That was also causing me a lot of anxiety is because right. I, I knew that the date of my, like going from my last period versus when I know that I ovulated, it was about a two week difference. So mm-hmm. if we were going by, and when I got my first dating ultrasound done, it showed that my- They went off your period, yes, your last but period. It showed, the size of the baby showed that I was correct. Like, mm-hmm. but for some, which was two weeks yes. later. <laughs> so for some reason, the ultrasound tech recorded it with my, the date of my last period. And with my history, I've gone late with both of my kids. And I'm, I kept thinking like, well, if we get to even what, if we get to my, the due date that I think is right, I'm already at that two week past date. So Right. So then they're going to have to induce you yeah. and it's going to be a whole thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's n- not what I wanted at all. So this anatomy scan was able to remove all of my anxiety because everything was normal, except I do have what's called a placenta lake, which apparently is no big deal. It's just like blood between the placenta, like my some of my blood between the placenta and my uterus. And it can sometimes, if it's like significant and you have multiple lakes as they call them then it can restrict fetal growth but the baby was like totally normal size wise mm-hmm. so they want me to go back at 26 weeks to make sure I don't know if that will change now because of everything that's going on right but the midwife was unconcerned about that so that's yeah. good We'll see. That's good. I mean, basically all of your anxiety has just kind of gone away. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I definitely can tell a huge change in. Yeah. I mean, you don't call me like crying. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah. Now I just cry about really like being, good. I cry about being stuck in the house now, but everyone yeah. <laughs> does. So, you know. <laughs> Very true. Pregnancy related. <laughs> yeah. So so since you're like over halfway done, have you started preparing at all? I mean, I know it's, you know, a little bit early, but I think I, I always like to be like overly prepared. That's just me. But yeah. have you done anything? I mean, obviously like you read a lot about birth and all that, mm-hmm. but what else have you been doing? Well, we interviewed Erin a couple episodes back and she was kind enough to drop off a birth pool at my house just this past week. Yeah, we socially distanced as we chatted. But so I have that at the ready. And you brought some supplies left over from your home birth this week. So my plan is to just kind of compile things little by little. So I'm not like buying a bunch of stuff all at once. Um, and that's pretty much all I've done. Yeah. I mean, I gave you that list of everything I got. And so I was like, you don't have to like Google everything. Mm -hmm. You can just like go off of this list. It worked for me. 
and um, just check things off, like get, you know, one thing at a time. It makes it so much easier. So I think like starting earlier is, is good. It makes it not so stressful when you're at the end, like, oh my gosh, we have to do all this stuff. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, I think you'll be like, good. Where are you going to put your birth pool? Uh, in my bedroom, I think, because okay. then I can, yeah. like one of my concerns is keeping the dogs away. Like I have two mm-hmm. labs and one is like, a major water dog so I can just like see even when we take showers he's like start trying to pop his head in like what are you doing can I come in so yeah because you wouldn't be able to keep him out of the living room yeah yeah he'd be like come on let's have a party guys so I think that, we're getting in the pool everybody get in your bathing suit <laughs> that was fun uh, so I yeah I think I'll just have it like in my bedroom and I mean I don't know. I mean, part of me is like, am I going to even use it? I don't know. It'd just be good to have it in case I do feel that, you know. I think like, I don't know. It. I don't I mean, know if I'll give birth in it or if I will want to. I don't know. I, I feel like everyone we've talked to has said how yeah, that's true. awesome it was. Yeah. Laboring and giving birth in it. But yeah, you can make that decision like after you've labored in it. You're like, do I want to just stay here? I probably don't want to move. So yeah, and I <laughs> probably will end up having the baby. In one the of my like concerns, and I think this is like a very common thing, is like keeping it hot, like filling mm-hmm. it because I have, I don't have a hot water heater. I have oil heat, and the oil heats my hot water, um, like on demand. So mm-hmm. I don't have like even a standing tank. It just like heats it. And then sometimes it needs a little bit of time. So I don't know. We have a bunch of big pots. I guess we could just like boil water. Yeah. I mean, I we've heard that too. Like midwives like boiling water and yeah. bringing it. Yeah. But we had the temperature gauge wrong when the kids were little on the, on the, the oil, like hot water thing. And I used to do that for pets all the time like it was- I remember that you telling me that I was like what do we live in like the 1800s like- I do I do enjoy like a good like pioneer moment so it's like you know maybe you pretend you don't really have access to children gather on the fire <laughs> that's so funny oh my gosh well that's awesome i feel like it's all going very smoothly and hopefully it hopefully continues to but yeah we'll definitely check in as you get a little yeah further along yeah i feel i honestly feel like i'm 10 years older than i was with my last and i feel Mm -hmm. better than i did the (laughs) just that's awesome yeah that's so, that's so great. Like, wow. That's not what, what you'd expect, you know? No, I, but, yeah, I feel like I felt good with Noel, but this time mm-hmm. I feel like I've, I like often forget that I'm even pregnant, except like it's getting to that point. Like we're just having like a belly. It's annoying when you have to get things off the ground, you know, when you, yeah. you're like, should I yeah. Pick that oh, up? Yeah. or should I just like should I use my <laughs> foot, make a kid pick it up? Mm -hmm. or just yeah but like but staying active is so good for that Mm -hmm. how have things been going with all of this like how have your appointments been and all of that now we just do phone calls and Mm -hmm. so I have just phone call appointments I have (laughs) I have a blood pressure cuff because I went out and bought one after one (laughs) after one of my after the appointment where I talked to, I should have mentioned, I talked to my midwife about my anxieties with the, mm-hmm. the anatomy scan. And I ended up 
that in, in that same appointment talking about my the fears with my due date and everything and I was just like on 11 I was upset I was crying in the midwife's office which is like I can't imagine doing that with my OB because with the OB they were like you go okay okay see ya and yeah so we were and she came over and she hugged me and she was so sweet about it but my blood pressure was like really elevated because I was like upset so Mm -hmm. I went out and Kate was we had talked about going for a walk it was a nice day and Kate was waiting at my house and she's like text me like where are you I'm like I'm at Walgreens buying a blood pressure cup because I was convinced I had high blood pressure I've never had any issues with my blood pressure so now I like I just monitor my blood pressure because I'm not seeing a, any a midwife yeah. and um so that's kind of like the extent of my prenatal care now and ch- yeah how long do your phone calls last mm, not too long maybe like 15 minutes or so it's not really much okay. to say at this point so she said well yeah once I hit 28 weeks she has this whole protocol about how you go into the office. It's like you have to wait for the first per- the ne- the person before you to come out. You wait in your car. Then she sanitizes the office. She has wears a gown and a mask and this and that. And oh wow, yeah, it's intense. I mean, it's good that they're like doing taking those precautions, but that's like wow, I know, that's, I know, it's totally a lot. I mean, it makes their job so difficult. I'm mm-hmm. sure. So wow. I'll have to go in then, and she because. Um, I have like hypothyroidism, so they have to take your blood every once a trimester. So they'll take my blood. She, I guess they'll do like a fundal height then. I think they started in third trimester. I think that's what she said. And that's it. And I was just thinking the other day. And then the, um, the test for gestational diabetes. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I, I don't know when that happens. Oh, I think it's about that time, 28 weeks. I guess. Maybe that's, maybe they'll do, I don't know. Because do you sit in there and like get it done? Like, do you- no, you, t- you like drink juice or eat, eat jelly beans before you, you go into the office. And then they take your blood. Yes. So I guess that will happen mm-hmm. all at the same time. So. Yeah. I, d- I did the, I think I did orange juice because, yeah, that's what I had. Yeah. It's way better than that nasty oh, drink, though. I know. Oh, my gosh. I'll have to drink orange juice any day. Yeah. That stuff. That oof. stuff is nasty. And I remember having to go to the lab. They give it to you, yeah. and then you sit there for an hour. Like Yes, and I had to take the three-hour test, and I Did you have to stay in there for three hours? Yes. Ooh. They don't let you leave Ooh. the office. And I was like, I don't feel good. And they were like, well, if you throw up, you have to do it all over again. And... I like brought books and stuff because I'm like, I'm going to be here for three hours. And I stared at the wall for three hours, like making myself not throw up. (laughs) Like it was horrible. And then it was fine, of course. I didn't have it, but yeah, that was horrible. I had to with um, Jude. I lived in the city in Philadelphia and I had to go to like into center city. I lived like in a neighborhood in the city, but Mm -hmm. you know, I had to go into center city i remember and park on the street and it's only two hour parking and it was a one hour test but they were running behind so i'm sitting there i'm sitting there sitting there and this is like before the days of smartphones i guess people had smartphones but i didn't have a smartphone and i remember like looking at because they'll the parking authority will get you as soon as you go over your oh yeah so Mm -hmm. my my time had run out by the time 
they gave me the test and whatever. So I said to the woman, I'm like, I really need to. And she was like, you can't leave. I was like, am I a prisoner here? Like what is happening? Oh my God. So I had to explain to her like approximately where I parked and what my car looked like. And she had to go put money in the, <laughs> the money in the meter. That's so yeah, funny. So I was like, I'm not getting a ticket for sitting here doing this. No. Test. Well, that was good. At least she did it for oh, you. I know. But- Could you imagine if they were like, nope. Yeah. And you're like, cool. And I have to come back and do this all over Gosh. again. Oh, my God. oh well, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I don't have to drink that. I can still taste that. And that was so long ago. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. So that, that's the extent of my it's just very weird times not what i had yeah it definitely is hopefully like you know as you get closer to your due date you can have go back to having those regular appointments yeah yeah but let's see how it goes yeah we'll see well yeah so uh, yeah thanks for uh checking in and telling us how you've been feeling and all that yeah um and now we're going to get right into megan's birth stories enjoy They say giving birth is equivalent to running a marathon, but what about being pregnant and building a company from scratch while taking on the multivitamin aisle? That is the story of Ritual's founder, Kat Schneider, who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal she could trust. So I just started recently taking the Essential for Women multivitamin, and it's been great so far. They are super gentle on my stomach. I can even take them without food, which is just very convenient. And yeah, it's great because I just want to fill some gaps in my diet. And I feel like this is exactly what I need. They're also great tasting. Like the the Essential for Women multivitamins have like this minty taste. So I'm so not used to that. I'm used to that like not so great aftertaste. So that's been awesome as well. So although I am not pregnant, Ritual has a prenatal that you can trust. They are made with traceable ingredients. You can literally look at a map and see where all the ingredients have come from, which is super cool. And you better believe I checked that out and I loved it. And all of the ingredients are vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. They're also non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen free. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during their first month. Visit ritual.com slash birthnaturally to start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. Welcome, Megan. Thanks for so much for joining us today. Uh, we're actually recording in the midst of the craziness, and hopefully by the time this airs, the coronavirus is a long lost memory. But <laughs> right now, we appreciate you taking the time during this quarantine to be with us. So why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about you and your family? Okay. Yeah, my name's Megan, and me and my husband, Luke, have been married for almost three years now. And or actually over three years now, and we have two little kids. I have a 15-month-old daughter named Sophia, and my son Demetrius was born just almost three weeks ago. And we oh, wow. live on a little homestead, a little homestead in Montana with chickens and meat rabbits and a big garden and dogs and cats and all kinds of stuff. Kept <laughs> pretty busy with all that. Yeah, really. Oh my gosh. So when did you guys yeah. decide to start your family? 
Um, we decided to wait a, until a year after we married, just wanted to kind of have a year to get used to being married. And then we started trying and it only took a couple months of trying and we were pregnant. So, yeah, I actually had a miscarriage before my daughter was born the first time we got pregnant. And then, um, the next time, the next cycle I was pregnant with her. Oh, wow. So what was your, what were each of your pregnancies like? They were actually really different. My daughter's pregnancy was really, really easy. And I had almost nothing go wrong or anything. No, like just normal uncomfortableness. Um, But then this pregnancy, I think partly because I got pregnant when she was only six months old and my body wasn't all the way healed. Mm -hmm. I had a really hard time with especially my, my pelvis and pubic bone and just like it was always going out and it was just a bit harder of a pregnancy for sure. So did you always know that you wanted to have a natural birth? I know you had a home birth with both. Um, Was that something that you always knew you wanted to do or was it something that you decided during your pregnancy? Um, I think I always knew I wanted to have a natural birth, um, but I we were actually planning on having our first in the hospital. And then my sister-in-law talked to me. She's had a lot of home births and my husband was actually born at home. He's one of a whole bunch of kids that were born at home. And so just talking to my sister-in-law, she kind of talked me into trying a home birth for the first time. And that's kind of how that got started. And then it was just so awesome that I would, I would have home births with all of mine for sure. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Aww. So I guess because of the history of home birth in your husband's family, there was no reaction on that side. But what was, uh, did you get yeah. any, did you get any sort of neg- negative reaction when you told your family or friends about your choice? Um, no, they were actually really good about it, even though home birth definitely isn't something that my parents have like been exposed to much. They knew that, you know, I was not going to make a dumb decision for, you know, my baby and Mm -hmm. they were really supportive. And I've gotten some like kind of like people just getting taken aback, like just friends and strangers. They're like, people still do that. They still have their babies at home. (laughs) Just kind of reactions like that. Right. Oh yeah. Really a lot. Very supportive from my family, though. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's not always the case, so that's really nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. So how did you prepare yourself for a natural labor? Did you take any classes, read any specific books? Um, with Sophia, I read some books. I read Hypnobirthing, um, and I read the Bradley Method book. And we didn't take any classes. That's just definitely not something I'm into, Um yeah, just a lot. Of, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I really like um, the Indie Birth podcast. Um, yeah, just lots of reading and listening. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And how, um, just a side question, um, because it was kind of uh, the unknown and you had decided to go with a hospital birth from the beginning, uh, how did you find your midwife? Was it a recommendation or how did you, um, I know some people don't even think that's an option, so I like to kind of give people all the information yeah. yeah she was my sister-in-law's midwife and she was the midwife that delivered some of my husband's siblings so oh. she was just kind of family oh, midwife cool. and she's that's amazing. really cool <laughs> yeah 
It's really cool when a midwife gets to know, you know, not just you, but your the whole family. And it's, you know, she kind of becomes part of the family in a way. I know. It is really cool. <laughs> so how how are you feeling as you approached your due date with, well, let's start with your first, with your, with your daughter. Okay. Um, actually really confident. I was really excited and just really done being pregnant <laughs> at that point because I was mm-hmm. so huge. Um, and then... With my son, I was nervous um, kind of in the beginning of my third trimester just because I knew what labor was like at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, But then as we got closer, I was just so excited again. Like my body was almost like craving contractions (laughs) in this weird way. I was excited to feel contractions again. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I went into both of them feeling pretty confident, so... So I know we're going to focus mostly on your second birth, but I'd love to hear some some of the things about your first birth that you remember vividly. Yeah, um, I was three days past my due date and really impatient. <laughs> um, and my labor was 24 hours long. And I just remember being so tired during my labor. And just um, especially once I got to transition, my transition was two hours long and I had um, a cervical lip. Mm-hmm. So I was, she was having to pull my cervix out of the way every time I'd have a contraction. And Ooh. yeah. And then I pushed for three hours and I kept trying to change positions. And I actually ended up having her on the birth stool, which was really nice. Um, but yeah, I was just so out of it by the time I actually had her that I don't really remember a whole lot because it's just so foggy. Yeah, you must have been so exhausted. Yeah. (laughs) So much different than this next one because I was very present with this the next birth. Wow. It's really interesting Mm -hmm. the differences. So getting into your next birth, I know they were two very different experiences. How did you realize that your labor was starting with your son? That's actually funny because I had so much prodromal labor with the second starting at like 37 weeks, I thought I was going into labor almost every night and it was so annoying and I was getting really nervous. (laughs) It was so annoying and I was getting really nervous that I wouldn't actually realize when I was in labor because I was constantly thinking I was going to labor and I was worried the midwife would make it in time. And I kept telling my husband, I bet I'm going to have a really fast labor and the midwife isn't going to make it in time. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of setting myself up for it. Um, but yeah, I, I just woke up in transition and I knew, I knew transition, I knew what transition, um, contractions felt like. So that's kind of how I knew I was in labor. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. You can't really miss that. Um, so did you get checked at all? Like before, like at any of your midwife appointments, did they see how dilated you were? No, I decided not to have sex just because it, it didn't really matter to me because I could have been like five centimeters and still gone several more weeks. So I right. could have been no dilated. Like it doesn't, it didn't really matter a whole lot. So I decided not to. But clearly so, that prodromal labor was doing something. Yeah. <laughs> it was doing something because yeah, it skipped all of my active labor once I was actually in labor. <laughs> so you woke up, you were in transition. What is going through your mind at that point? Uh, actually, I was thinking that this might still not be the real thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was so suspicious that I was going to get my hopes up again 
and then it was going to go away and I was going to cry and be upset that mm-hmm. it wasn't actual labor. Um, so I kind of just, I got up and I walked around and I went to the bathroom and I was trying to just feel if they were going to go away from just moving and they kept getting stronger. So at that point, it, so I woke up at midnight and by the time it was 1230, I woke up my husband cause I knew they were getting more serious. And yeah, that's kind of when I knew for sure that it was the real thing. Wow. So did you contact the mid- midwife at this point? Yeah. After I woke up my husband, I texted my midwife and she asked me to time the contractions. And it took me a little while to kind of get up the nerve to time them just because they were so intense that thinking about anything else, like timing them was just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it took me a while to time. I timed like five contractions. And they were 60 seconds long and 60 seconds apart. Oh, oh wow. Gosh. <laughs> and like yeah. clearly very, very intense. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The last, the last like two contractions I had to have my husband do the pressing the button because I couldn't <laughs> do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and was she like, okay, I'm on my way? Yeah, she's like, I'm getting out of my pajamas and I'm on the way. But she lives an hour away from us, so oh no, I kind of had a feeling that she wouldn't make it. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, what did you and your husband do at this point? Um, I was just completely focused on the contractions at that point, and we had a list on our refrigerator of a bunch of things that Luke needed to do once I went into labor, like cover the windows in the living room and get out of the birth box and change the seats in the bed and all these things. And he was trying to run around in the 30 to 60 seconds between my contractions <laughs> doing these things. <laughs> oh, poor and thing. Him there, yeah. I needed him there during contractions because they were so intense. Yeah. And I finally just told him, just forget the list. Like, yeah, it's not the list. <laughs> He's like, this is the one thing I can focus on and get done. <laughs> yeah. I felt That's bad so funny. Was, Running around like a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Okay, so so you are at at some point. Did you realize like, hey, we are on our own here, and this baby is coming with or without our midwife? Or were you kind of thinking she would be there? Well, it, it's funny because my brain didn't really realize how fast it was going, and I was you know, all worried that she would get there and tell me I was one centimeter, which looking back is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but then my, my body just kind of knew what to do and knew she wouldn't make it. Cause I, without even thinking about it, I did all these things. Like I went over to a spot on our floor, that's just subfloor. So it didn't matter if it got all messy and it was just like my, <laughs> my body knew it was going to be on its own, but my brain was like, having a hard time catching up, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So, yeah. at like, at some point, obviously, you started feeling the urge to push. And were you kind of, like, in denial, or were you just going with it? Yeah, I was kind of in denial. It was – so I had woken up my husband at 1230, and then by 1.30, my body was pushing by itself. Mm-hmm. And I've, I didn't ever experience that with my daughter, that fetal ejection reflex, um, but it was just mm-hmm. bearing down and pushing without me doing anything. <laughs> and I was not mm-hmm. pushing with the contractions yet because, again, my brain was like, I'm not sure if I'm all the way dilated. 
<laughs> until I, I actually checked myself and I felt his head like right there, like he was an inch away from the opening. Oh, and I was wow. like, oh, okay. I must be dilated if he's that close. So then I started pushing. <laughs> oh my gosh. And how, yeah. like, how did pushing go? Did, was it quick? Yeah. I, once I realized he was that close and I was pushing this, the contractions, it was like three pushes and he was out. Wow. wow. So like completely opposite of your first birth. Completely. It was, it was ridiculous. We were both just in shock. <laughs> yeah. How, so how did you feel once you're holding this baby in your arms and it's just you and your husband? It was, it was crazy. I felt so good, like so just empowered that I was the one to catch him and that my body like knew exactly what to do. And I just have so much more trust in my body after that whole experience. Yeah, I'm but sure. just like because I I pushed and his head came out and my body just instinctively knew to go into a squat and it was just like doing its thing and I was just kind of there along for the ride and it was yeah it was really insane. So I I know this was like a super quick process, but like was there any point where you were just like super scared? Like how am I going to do this without a midwife here? No, <laughs> actually not. I felt really confident. Like I had done so much research beforehand on just different things to um, do in different situations if something went wrong. And so I just felt really like peaceful about it. And I was actually pretty excited that she wasn't going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, think that that's, that's really smart for uh, home birth moms to think about because it definitely, I mean, even if you are, if you're planning a hospital birth, we've heard lots of stories about women who don't make it to the hospital and it's good to be informed just in case, you know, if you're a pregnant woman, just know the basics of what, you know, your body will do it, but it it definitely helps to be prepared. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It makes you feel a lot more confident and that, that just makes the whole process easier if you feel confident in yourself. Definitely. Uh, what was your recovery like with each of your babies? Was there a difference between them or did you prepare it all for postpartum? Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a bunch of stuff ready for postpartum with both of them. I had all my herbs to make herbal baths and I had my castor oil pack and just all kinds of different natural stuff to help me heal. Um, I'm really into all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Sophia, I hemorrhaged and I tore in several different places and had to be stitched. And so my recovery with her was harder, especially in that I had lost so much blood and I just felt really weak for a long time. And then with Demetrius, um, I tore in one spot. So she, she did have to stitch me. But I just felt I had so much energy afterwards. Like I didn't feel so exhausted as the last time and it was just a lot easier um recovery wise with him like I couldn't with both of them I couldn't walk up the stairs for a week because of my stitches and Mm -hmm. all that but yeah so did you really just try to take it easy and spend a lot of time in bed or did you kind of push yourself because we hear that a lot from moms um with with my first, I wasn't as careful. I didn't realize how important it was to rest as much as I could. Mm-hmm. And I probably overdid it several times and I would start bleeding more again. With this one, I had done a lot of research on how important that healing is. And so I did really just 
like I was either in bed or on the couch for the first two weeks and my husband was able to take off of work and I had my sister-in-law come and help clean for me and people were bringing meals and I was a lot more willing to accept health Mm -hmm. and just rest a lot and it definitely was a lot easier I, I stopped bleeding really fast and yeah it was a lot different that's great that you you know did take the help and know that it's going to help you in the, in the long run to take yeah. the time to really rest and you know and a lot of first-time moms don't realize that unfortunately <laughs> yeah and I, it's hard for me to accept help a lot of times and mm-hmm. I just like doing all the things myself so it's it's it was good for me to learn to accept help <laughs> definitely <laughs> we all have to t- take it at some point right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so do you have any advice that you would give to a mom that's considering just a med-free birth or maybe a home birth um yeah just that she should trust her body and know that her body is built for doing exactly that thing and that she's totally capable of having a unmedicated birth or home birth or whatever she sets her mind to and having trust in your body is everything I think definitely I agree with that completely (laughs) and I think it is hard when you're pregnant to just realize that trusting your body is how it's gonna you know that that's gonna make your labor go smoothly yeah and it does really affect that Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, clearly you're a perfect case of that where it's just like, I accept this and it's going to happen and out, you know, pops this baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do you have any products that, I mean, you're, you have this newborn baby. So do you have any products that you've really, really loved for yourself or your baby postpartum? Um, yeah, I actually have several. My, my top one has to be the Boba baby wrap. I have him in this all the time, and mm-hmm. I don't know how people can sign otherwise. <laughs> I know. Um, and then I also really love um, the muslin swaddle blankets because I swaddle all my babies, and they can be used for burp rags and nursing covers and, like, everything you need them for so you don't have to carry around a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also the Haka, the Haka breast pump. I think those three things. We've heard that from so many people. <laughs> I've never, I never oh, yeah. used it, but um, yeah, so many people have like raved about it. Yeah, they're awesome. You just use it when your baby's nursing anyway. And mm-hmm. I've collected, I've collected almost a gallon of milk already. Oh, wow. wow. Um, That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like that milk would just get wasted anyway, so might as well save it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's incredible. That's like such a nice little uh, safety net to have in your freezer, you know, for even know. if your baby won't take a bottle, it's there's lots of things you can do with breast milk as they, you know, as you're preparing first foods and all that fun stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's, yeah. That's yeah, with, with Sophia, I, I had saved one pint of breast milk and that's all that I saved. And then my milk dried up when she was six months old because I got pregnant and I didn't have any milk to give her. So this time I was a lot more determined to, to save more. Yeah, really? How can our listeners get in touch with you? I know I, I found you on Instagram and this, the, Photos you posted of your birth were just so beautiful, like right afterwards. Oh, thank you. 
Yeah, well, I am on Instagram. My handle is Wilson Family Homestead. And then I also have a website that's wilsonhomestead.com. And I run a YouTube channel. Um, so there's there's a bunch of different ways to find me. But if, they're all linked on my website. So that's kind of the main platform, I guess. Okay. And we'll put a link on in the show notes. And when we when this episode comes out, you'll be tagged everywhere too and everyone will be able to get in touch with you and see your adorable pictures because I love them they were so (laughs) cute (laughs) well thank you so much Megan for sharing your stories today we really love chatting with you Yeah. yeah that was super fun thanks for having me on thanks to Megan for sharing those birth stories we hope you found some inspiration and make sure to give her a follow on Instagram and go check out her YouTube channel And don't forget to follow us along on Instagram as well at birth naturally. Thanks for listening.